Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood with a side dose of humor along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous boys under four. I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood. Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes. You know, flu-like symptoms is the most common thing that you'll experience with mastitis. You'll spike a temperature potentially, you know, hot and cold, you know, shaky, aches and pains and um, it comes on very quickly. Hi guys, welcome Welcome to episode 49 or season two, episode eight. Uh, so great to be here. So today we are back chatting with the beautiful Amberly Harris of Maternal Instincts by Amberly. Uh, such a passionate midwife, lactation consultant, breastfeeding educator. And we spoke with her in the last episode about antenatal expressing. And, uh, you know, I think that's such great information to have in the in the pregnancy journey. And I guess a big part of what we want to do out of the, the next sort of couple of weeks discussions is to sort of get you to understand, especially for a first time mum, that it can be just so beneficial to start our breastfeeding education while we're pregnant and not wait until we've got that newborn in our arms fumbling around. And it's, you know, it, it is such a natural and beautiful thing, um, but for a lot of us, there are some challenges and hurdles to overcome and you know the more educated we are the more empowered we are and the more confident we are to go about the breastfeeding journey in the way that we I guess perhaps envision it or hope um, that it might unfold. So today we're speaking more specifically about mastitis and uh, yeah have the beautiful Amberly joining us again. So without further ado I will uh, pop her on. <laughs> Hi, Amberly. Welcome back. Hi, Rosie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for jumping back on the show. So if you haven't already listened to previous episodes with Amberly, we've got a really great episode quite early on in season one in which we uh, delved into breastfeeding in the sort of COVID-19 uh, environment and also setting yourself up for breastfeeding success, uh, you know, and involving your sort of partner on that journey. So that's a really great episode. And this is also part two of a three-part series in breastfeeding and uh, in, in the sort of first part we talked about antenatal expressing and today we are focusing more on mastitis so yeah thanks for bringing your beautiful wealth of knowledge and your beautiful voice and brain to our community <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> okay so let's just roll straight in can you talk to us about mastitis what is it what are the signs and symptoms and how commonly is it experienced Mm. So mastitis is, is inflammation of the breast tissue. So basically what will have happened is that it can start with a, a block duct um, and the milk itself in the block duct, it changes consistency. So it goes from liquid to like a toothpaste consistency. And so because it's this very hard sort of formed space, um, it can disperse the milk into the surrounding tissue. So it goes out of the, the, doc, the duct um, and goes into the breast tissue. So that's what the inflammation is that the mastitis is. It's basically saying there's inflammation here. So not, 
to be mistaken for infection. It doesn't always mean infection, but the redness or the pain that you can get with with mastitis um, is from inflammation. So I don't actually know, to be honest, the the rate of mastitis. Um, I would have to look that up. Um, But I would say it's a common thing that mothers can experience, especially in the first six weeks when they're establishing breastfeeding. Um, sometimes it is characterized by this, by having a block duct. Um, but there's also plenty of mothers that don't have any warning signs and they just suddenly feel very unwell. So, um, you know, flu like symptoms is the most common thing that you'll experience with mastitis. You'll spike a temperature potentially, you know, hot and cold, you know, shaky aches and pains, and, um, it comes on very quickly, which is the part that's a bit overwhelming is that you can feel absolutely fine. And very quickly, you can feel like you've been hit by bus and then you'll have this sort of it's quite painful too isn't it you'll have a lot of pain and redness potentially too yeah, yeah, a lot of pain yeah around the the blockage site. Um, sometimes it's quite localized and there can be redness, but sometimes your whole breast will just feel really painful, um, and you you can feel very engorged, like there's a lot of milk there. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not much fun. I've I've had it myself, so yeah. I can definitely oh, relate. <laughs> so, what are the current ways that we manage mastitis um, from a medical perspective? So, uh, commonly, mothers will be prescribed antibiotics to treat mastitis, um, which doesn't necessarily be, it's not something you have to go down the path of antibiotics. And so the thing is, is that you may not have the infection as I sort of touched on before. It might just be the inflammation. It might be your body sort of giving you a warning sign to say, there's too much milk here. It's sat here for too long and you need to get rid of it. So the thing is, even if you, a lot of mothers I'll hear that they'll go to their GP and they'll just be prescribed antibiotics, but they won't get in any information on how to clear the blockage. So just taking antibiotics, isn't necessarily going to solve all your problems. Um, and the downside of antibiotics is that it's, um, you know, there's a lot of downsides to antibiotics. They, you know, destroy our healthy gut flora. Even if they're safe with breastfeeding, they have the same impact on our, for our baby. Uh, they also increase a, a mother's risk of getting thrush a lot. And postnatally, thrush for a breastfeeding mum is a real nightmare because mother and baby just keep reinfecting each other. Um, if a mother gets it on their nipple, then it's going to go in their baby baby's mouth and they just keep so you've really got to treat both at the same time and it's it takes a long time so um I explain all this not to say you know no antibiotics sometimes we need antibiotics and I'm so grateful they exist um but the thing is you need to learn how to get rid of the blockage so um things like that would be obviously frequent feeding don't let your baby go too long between feeds and you're going to make more of a conscious effort to drain your breast. So you might breastfeed and then get on the breast pump afterwards or do some hand expressing. The other things that are really good is your sort of three common allies with any blockage is heat. So putting heat on the um, site that it feels like the collection is um, before the feed has started. Massage during the feed, so sort of flat palm or flat finger massage in the direction of the nipple. The key with massage is that you're gentle because milk ducts are very delicate and a lot of mothers will go really hard trying to really force the blockage through and they'll actually cause themselves so much pain and they can create more issues with that so it is a gentle massage in the direction of the nipple and then when the feed and the expressing is finished you would bring in cold packs to help reduce inflammation 
Um, and then obviously taking taking some good anti-inflammatories helps. Things like ibuprofen is really harsh on your gut. Um, so something as simple as taking turmeric is amazing. Um, turmeric's a, a spice widely used around the world um, and it's got natural anti-inflammatory properties. So uh, obviously all of these things mothers need to get help with to figure out the right fit, um, but just something, something important to raise that, yeah, you could do differently. Who is your first port of call just out of interest? So say you're like, I think I've got mastitis. Um, you know, is it the GP? Is it the maternal health nurse? Is it your midwife? If you still have that relationship going, like if it's in those early weeks, you generally will. If you, um, you know, will still have that sort of um, care provider relationship, who's the best person to reach out to if you've got mastitis? So, yeah, I think ideally it's great that you've still got the relationship with your midwife because midwives specialize in breastfeeding in the first six weeks. Um, so they're going to be able to give you good advice on how to clear the blockage, help you assess, do you need antibiotics um, and then you know sort of go from there um, uh, that's a lot of the work that I do and why I work with mothers in the first six weeks my packages are very intentional in being a support network um, and obviously my skill set is all in breastfeeding GPs uh, they cop a lot and GPs are amazing. They have to know, you know, a little bit about a lot, but I don't always feel that they give great advice when it comes to breastfeeding. Um, and I, I totally understand that a lot of mothers don't have the relationship still with their midwife if they're not working with someone like myself who works in private practice. Um, sometimes it's not an option. You've had your baby in hospital and you don't have a midwife to ring. Um, so yes, most mothers would go to their GP, but I would always caution that, um, that if if your GP is not necessarily skilled in breastfeeding, they may not be the best fit to give you good evidence-based advice and help you preserve and protect your breastfeeding relationship in amongst treating the mastitis. I mean, lactation consultants are amazing and their skill set goes beyond what midwives, what we specialise in in the first six weeks. Um, so certainly if you've got complex stuff going on, uh, yeah, for sure. I collaborate with some amazing lactation consultants and I'm so grateful that they um are available. Um, so yeah, for sure. If you, if you've gone further into your journey, um, yeah, hands down, uh, you know, really the best fit for things that are more complex. Um, as a midwife in private practice, I'm what's called an endorsed midwife. So I've done, um, study to have prescribing rights. So I can prescribe antibiotics for mothers that I see at home. Um, sometimes lactation consultants do that as well. Sometimes they would refer to the GP. So it's really just about sussing out the people that you, yeah, can, can um, contact and seeing how they can best support you so that you feel like you can, yeah, navigate that whole time. Mm, sounds like a, a midwife or lactation consultant is going to be the best person to give you the advice and then perhaps with a GP, um, you know, plus or minus if needed to help prescribe if, if there's sort of further things needed. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. And what about other adjunctive therapies? We all may have heard of like the old cabbage over the breasts. <laughs> um, are there other things that you recommend other than the heat, massage, ice, um, anti-inflammatories, antibiotics? Like what about any other natural remedies that uh, you have seen work with your clients? <laughs> Yeah, probiotics are fantastic and ones that actually transfer through breast milk. Um, I've got a great brand in my online shop called Kiara that's amazing. Um, the other yeah. thing, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, the other things that are really good are doing a, a feed. It's called a, in the dangle position. So it sounds pretty crazy, but basically you put your baby like in the center of the bed um, and then you would go into an all fours position and hover over your baby and let your breasts hang or basically dangle. Um, and gravity plays a huge role in helping the milk drain. Um, it's, yeah, it's awkward to do, but very effective um, and really simple to do it at home. Um, and then probably one other one is vibration therapy is fantastic. So whether you go to see an, you know, a physio for ultrasound or a, you know, um, any kind of therapy like that, some mothers, um, you know, might not have a, a women's health physio that they know, or maybe they're feeling so ordinary that they can't have some, they couldn't even consider leaving the house. Um, so if that's not an option, um, anything that you have at home that vibrates, you know, an electric toothbrush, a vibrator, um, any of that can work as well on, on the blockage to basically shatter that milk that's changed to toothpaste consistency um, and get it all moving and help you clear the duct. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I've certainly um, had some uh, <laughs> some women come in in my physio uh, career for um, ultrasound therapy with mastitis that really found it very useful. So I, I definitely mm -hmm. agree on the vibration side. I haven't tried a toothbrush or a vibrator, but look, we'll um, keep it up the sleeve too. <laughs> Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. And um, just before we sort of wrap up, what about um, prevention and uh, preventing reinfection? Um, because it seems like, you know, anecdotally from, you know, the mothers and friends that I've talked to, women that are getting mastitis quite often, it's sort of a recurring thing. For sure. So, you know, prevention is, is feeding your baby on demand, really, is following your baby's lead and making sure that you're, you know, frequently and effectively draining your breasts that's key with avoiding mastitis um, sometimes mothers can be more prone to mastitis so even if you do all the right things and you know you're not over expressing um, you know you, we know that your baby's um, got no issues in their you know with their tongue or their palate and that they can achieve a, an effective attachment and get on properly you know you can have all of this going really well and yet some mothers for whatever reason their milk ducts align in a way that they are more susceptible to mastitis so we can't always avoid it, but we do know that if mothers, yeah, really follow their baby's lead um, and, you know, simple things like avoiding, you know, tight fitting clothing that your bra isn't sort of cutting in, not wearing underwire, um, being conscious of the seatbelt sash that's going across your breast, you know, all of those things um, is, you know, from a mechanical perspective important. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just need to sort of establish your breastfeeding and, and hope that your baby will figure out the right amount of milk that they need. For, for them awesome all in a nutshell great <laughs> well thank you so much again Amber Lee another little short and sweet interview so thank you so much for your time and um, we look forward to chatting uh, in the next episode on tandem feeding yay my pleasure I'm so excited I love tandem feeding <laughs> I know you do that's why we had to include it <laughs> oh, thanks love. we'll chat soon <laughs> Bye. Oh, I hope you guys found that super interesting. The status is something that I have suffered from myself uh, a couple of times and it's so jolly painful and not a lot of fun and 
you know, I guess having the information on how to prevent it and how to deal with it uh, if it does come along um, can really help us to a, a quick and speedy recovery and hopefully less interruption to our breastfeeding journey as well. So uh, as in the last episode, Emily has offered a discount to her video series on breastfeeding education. So you can get $30 off by using the code. So jump on over to our um, podcast page and you can grab the details there. And she also has 10% off her recently launched uh, nipple butter with the code LRA10NIP or NIP. So yeah, you can find those details on our podcast page as well. So yeah, part three coming up next week, we're talking about tandem feeding and really, really interesting, not something that there's a heap of information out there about, especially if you're a second time mom or you're planning a second pregnancy um, and you're currently still breastfeeding, really, really great informative episode uh, coming up. So part three of our uh, little breastfeeding series with Amberly. You can find her over on maternal-instincts.com.au or at Maternal Instincts by Amberly over on Instagram. So as always, if you're loving what you're listening to, please give us a shout out with the hashtag Mama Matters and tagging us on our Instagram at Lenny Rose Active. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Lenny Rose Active, Australian-owned, three-times mum and physiotherapist-designed Luxe Active and Technical Wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey. You can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on Instagram at Lenny Rose Active.